All right, you can be seated. Merry Christmas. Wow, wasn't that incredible? All right, well, my intention tonight is not to preach to you, but it's to encourage you. In this season, we talked about it on Sunday, just how much revelation of who Jesus is is going on all over the world. And I just want to read you a verse, and I'm going to talk about four things it took for this verse to happen. Isaiah 7.14 says, it says, Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Obviously, Emmanuel right there is translated in the Hebrew, God with us. And when I was reading this passage this week, and I'm actually reading through Isaiah and ran into this passage, and I, I just, it struck me the power of the phrase, God with us. Why did he want to be with us? What was going on in that verse? And it really, it, two things just stuck out about the verse for me. One is this, that everything about Jesus' coming was and is supernatural. I mean, virgin birth, that, it doesn't get much more supernatural than that, right? But he, it is still supernatural. It's not to be understood naturally. It's to be embraced in this place that this is beyond our realm, that God came and broke into our realm. It's supernatural. But the second thing that just struck me about the verse that it reveals is it's what the Father always wanted to be with us. It's what He always wanted. It's what He wanted in the garden. It's why He created a people so He could be with them. Not a people that He could brag that He had created to all the angels. Not a people that He could have just obey Him and, and follow Him. No, a people that He could be with. And if there's anything I want to tell you tonight, is He's still Emmanuel. He's still God with us. He's not a God just in heaven. He's, he's on earth with His Spirit. He's inside of us with His kingdom. And he's saying, oh no, I did everything I wanted to because I came and restored the plan to be God with us. So four things it's going to take. I'm going to do these in like two minutes. What did it take? It took a willing son. It took Jesus saying yes to the Father. I don't know how the whole Godhead works and if you think you do, uh, maybe you should be up here, but that's pretty crazy. Three and one, one and three, right? And and I know somewhere in there the Father said, we got to get our kids back. And Jesus said, I'll gladly do it. It took a willing son. A willing, perfect vessel. And for the joy set before him, not only was born, but endured the cross that we might live. Second thing, it took a needy people. This one is not hard. We're that people. If you don't remember what your life was before Jesus, just take a, a, take a five-second remembrance and say, oh man, I needed Jesus. I was a needy person, separated from God, and needing rescue from sin and decay. Third thing, what did it take for this to happen? It had to have a perfect love. The perfect love of the Father. N- not just a, a plan B. I want to tell you, Jesus was never plan B. When the Father gave man free will, he knew they would mess it up. 
And he said, but don't worry. My love is going to pursue you to the end. And it is still pursuing his people all over the earth tonight. It's still pursuing those that have never heard his name. It's still pursuing you. And if you are even a lover of Jesus, you know it's still pursuing you. It took perfect love. Fourth thing, it took obedient children. I wasn't going to put this, but then I thought of the verse where Mary, the angel comes and tells her, hey, you're going to have a child. I know you're a virgin. You're going to have a child. He's going to be the savior of the world. He's going to take away all the sins of the world. And she says, be it unto me according to your word. What's it take for God to be with us? Sometimes it takes a response of radical obedience. It says, God, be it unto me according to your word. So Father, we just thank you that your pursuit and your desire has always been to be with us. We thank you you're here with us now. Because the moment we begin to give you praise and glory and honor, you say, oh, there's my kids. I want to be with them. So I just pray that your manifest presence would be with everyone in this room tonight. Would be with everyone as they go home and celebrate you and celebrate the season and family and love. We just celebrate who you are, Jesus. In your name, amen. Yes, if the deacons would start passing communion. Here, Kath. While they're getting ready to do that, and they're actually going to pass communion to you down through your rows, I want to tell you a story. And um, it's clear, obviously, you'll know this, that at Christmas time, the significant message to us is just what Pastor Tim just shared with us. Emmanuel, God's with us. And I just want you to know, um, he came because he desired us. So I want to tell you a story. This is one of my favorite stories. And I I can tell you exactly where I was. I I can't tell you the exact year, but I know I was on the west side of Montrose, Colorado, driving through the snow, and on the radio came the rest of the story. Okay, some of you who are too young don't know that, but Paul Harvey. And I I have never forgotten this story. It's It's just the story, I think it's called The Christmas Geese. But the story goes like this. Deacons, you guys can come and start passing when it, they're 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 getting it together, all right. But anyway, um, so here's the, how the story went. There was a, a woman. They lived in I don't know somewhere up there in North. I'm going to say North Dakota or somewhere where it's really cold. Colorado is not too bad compared to that. Yes, you guys can just go ahead and start passing down the rows. All right, and so, uh, but the, the story was that Christmas Eve was coming, and, and this woman and her husband, who lived out on a ranch or farmland, um, that the, a blizzard was blowing its way through. And 
the woman asked her husband, would you go to Christmas Eve service with me? And the husband said, no, um, I don't know if I'm much for that God stuff. You just go ahead and go on. And, uh, and then, you know, just come on home. Well, she went ahead and she drove to the, the local church and, and uh, a blizzard blew in while she was away. And while this man, this husband, was in the front room of his house with the lights turned on and the glass windows, and he's just looking out the window and seeing the heavy snowfall, that all of a sudden something startled him, and it was a loud crash, and it was a bird that had flown right into his front window. And so then more than that happened, that several birds hit it, and then they just kind of dropped dazed into the snow outside, and this man thought, they're, they're lost, they're confused, it's, it's a blizzard out, they're not going to make it. And so he thought, what can I do to help these Christmas geese or whatever? And so he, he got the bright idea, well, if I just run outside and go open the doors to the barn and turn the lights on, then, then the geese can see the lights and they know that they can just you know, fly or whatever over into the barn. Well, he opened the doors, turned all the lights on, and the geese did nothing but just kind of flounder in the snow outside. And so then he thought, well, maybe uh, maybe I can shoo them into the barn. And so he tried, if you've ever tried, I, I've never tried it, but I can imagine because I've tried shooing some goats from next door. But the point is, is uh, the geese would not go in the barn. And so, uh, I don't know the progression, so this man is having a challenge, he's faced with a challenge, and so then he decides, well, I just need to get them in there, what can I do? And finally he thought, you know, it came to him, he said, if I was just a goose myself, I could fly and lead them into the barn. And at that, the moment of that thought, somewhere down that country road, the bells rang for the church and its Christmas Eve service. And then all of a sudden, the gospel got dropped into his heart. And saints, I just want you to know, God came because there was no other option. He couldn't just snap his fingers in heaven and just take away sin because the scripture says without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin he couldn't snap his fingers you and I can't just take our calf or lamb and go somewhere and sacrifice it and shed that blood for our own sin because that won't do it it's insufficient So the only thing that can help us is for God to become a man, live the life that we failed to live, and then give his life on our behalf, shed his perfect, precious blood, then atonement can happen. Let's stand, please. If you've all got your elements of communion. Well, we found out, and we were doing this just a a little while ago, um, but the first verse that came into my mind when Tommy asked me if I wanted to do the blood or the the bread, 
um, was John 1, 14. And it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And I thought, how precious that we celebrate the beginning tomorrow of this story. He came as flesh and dwelt among us, and he knew there needed to be a sacrifice for us to be restored to the family. And he willingly went there, and he willingly gave his flesh, his body, his life for us so that we could again be sons and daughters of the Most High. And I, I just think it's beautiful that we can celebrate the beginning of that story tomorrow and yet know that it was completed on the earth with his death and resurrection. So let's take the body of the Lord Jesus. Now would you just close your eyes with me? If you want, you can just hold your cup out or hold it up. Lord, we just say thank you. There was no other alternative. Only you could do it. And so, Lord, thank you that you shed yours, your blood, so that we wouldn't have to shed ours. Ah, Well, ours wouldn't have worked anyway. But, Lord, we just say thank you. You gave yourself because you valued us that much. And we're grateful. And Lord, we say thank you. Now, would you say it with me together? Let's say thank you. Thank you.
thank you, Heavenly Father, that you chose, you chose to send your only son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being the willing vessel and not just being a sacrificial lamb, but you came to bring joy, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring the dead to life. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to live and walk in you and experience the fullness of your kingdom because of all that you've done. Help us to always just take time in holiday seasons, but take time every day to give you praise. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you for being here tonight. If your tree is a, f- uh, a few ornaments shy, there's ornaments out in the foyer if you would like to grab some. We've got those for your family. Um, please take pictures of the tree or with our decorations. Have a blessed Christmas.